Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip talks about how to short the bond market. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. All right, we are back with another episode of the Ask Philip podcast. And today we are talking about how to short the bond market. And the reason why that's important, if you, if you study all the, the investment greats, here's a, here's a secret that I think a lot of people don't really understand about the investment greats is a lot of them just caught a big macro move, right? A macroeconomic move, concentrated their money on that move and made lots of money. So let's start with the most known, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett really just did one trade, the financialization of America, right? His biggest holdings over time were Wells Fargo, uh, American Express, Geico, uh, even his purchases of Nebraska Furniture Mart, like they make money off the finance part. Uh, he owns a bunch of dealerships. And so his big trade was the financialization of America, which happened, you know, from when he got started in the 40s and 50s to the bankruptcy period that we're in right now, which ended in 08. That's the one trade he did. You look at Ray Dalio, his his big one t- long-term trade was riding the bond market down from you know, 14, 15, 16% interest rates, leveraging it up, you know, all the way to current. Paul Tudor Jones, another great, right? He made a lot of his money, uh, you know, both ways in the in the, in the the 70s when the interest rates were going up. And then he made money on the way down when they were going back down. Stanley Druckenmiller, same thing. He, he made a ton of his money when markets turned and went down and he bought a bunch of treasuries and leveraged up and made a bunch of money uh, in a short period of time. And so wh- while in the interim, right, when it wasn't going down, he would just, you know, ride the, ride the long-term trend of even, uh, of either, of rates going down, really, in the portfolio. And so I won't go into detail, because I'm, I'm making it sound super simple, because there are more complex strategies they did within that. But what I'm saying is they just caught one big trade and capitalized on it, trading in and out of the trade at opportune times. And that that is like the key. A lot of people think you have to have a lot of short term, you know, be good in the short term and all that. Uh, you you catch a big trade, uh, and you can make a lot of money. And so let's so here's the trade. Every major country that we know of is in bankruptcy. Entire Europe, America, Japan, China, you know, they're they're on the verge of bankruptcy. And what you want to think about is how. Do they get out of the financial trouble? You you look at the math, and the economies are growing way too slow for them to raise enough revenue from taxes because you know they can they can increase the rates, and people are going to get around that anyway. Uh, and it, it's, and even if they did collect the taxes, it's not enough to, to pay the bills for what they're doing. They're spending way too much. So then so then you go okay. The only two options are you got a default on the on on your bonds on your loans. You default or you devalue, right? Default means like you just like you don't you don't pay it, and that has 
terrible implications for everything uh, in the economy because the the government bond markets affect the whole entire financial markets, corporate bonds, stocks, real estate, everything's priced off the quote-unquote risk-free rate, which is the government's rate. So if they default, I mean, that that blows a hole in everybody else's finance, finances. Um, and so that is... That is what some, you know, some countries have done it. Like if countries don't um, have a strong currency in the central bank and can't print their own money, they default and it's ugly. Uh, look at what happened in a lot of South American countries like Argentina, Venezuela, all that. But then if it's a country where uh, they do have a central bank and they can print their own money, then typically they, and historically they, they just print more money and they pay back their debts and like money they printed out of thin air, which ends up making the value of the currency worth less. Let me let me give you like a specific example. So let's go back to, and these time periods happen every 50 to 100 years, but the last time we were going through this uh, whole world is in bankruptcy. It was um, around the World War II period of time because a, a lot of countries began to get into financial trouble, uh, which is why we went into World War I. By the time World War II came around, like everybody was broke again, I, you know, outside of a, you know, outside of America, because we were the new, new economy. Um, but all the, you know, where where business had been done in the previous world in, in in Europe, UK, all those areas, they were, you know, they were broke. And and I looked at data because I just had the data from 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 American uh, markets, but it was worse in Europe from from history. I just don't have the actual data. I just you, you could read stories and you can see what's happening in the economy and um, piece things together. But you look at the bond market, the U.S. bond market, in real return terms. So real returns are you factor in inflation. There's returns that are like the number, and then there's a number minus inflation, meaning you can earn a 10% return on, on an investment, but if the if if inflation or the cost of living is going up at 15%, you actually lost money in real terms, meaning you lost purchasing power, which is what's most important. So if you look at uh, bonds in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, when basically UK was the, was the, current, was the equivalent of the US today, so the UK was the, was the world reserve currency, everything was transitioning over to the US, um, you had the UA, UK printing lots of money, and... Uh, lots of inflation around the world because governments that could print money were printing money. The U.S. was printing money too, uh, as, as well, to to pay for the war and and pay for their debts. But uh, bonds basically lost money in real terms in the '40s, '50s, '60s, and '70s. So if you held bonds in cash, U.S. right, you lost money over real purchasing power over that period of time. You may have had more dollars. You know, because the uh, nominal rate was higher, but the purchasing power rate was at a loss. And again, it was worse in the UK, uh, worse in Europe um, than that, because our numbers were not as bad because everybody else around the world were moving their money to the U.S. They were buying U.S. real estate. They were buying U.S. companies. They were they were putting their money in U.S. banks for dollars. So money came to the U.S. So it it, it helped make our situation a little bit less dire because we didn't have as much debt like we were the new uh the newer frontier for the world to invest in that's important no because now you go okay where is the new frontier to invest money in today you know uh we haven't colonized mars yet so it's not it's not mars yet (laughs) but but the trend is already here you see everything going to digital 
right? So think so in economy, it you know, we've already digitized commerce. We've digitized media. We're digitizing money now via Bitcoin. And I'll get into that. Um, so everything's going digital, you know, for the next whatever. The long-term trend is digital, right? We're having remote work. Everything's going digital. That I mean, that that is the trade. That's the 40 and 50 year macro is, you know, in, in the 40s, it was move your assets to America, <laughs> you know. And like I said, the financialization of America was the trend that Buffett and a lot of people took advantage of. The trend also in this big trade for the macro opportunity, uh, when we say digital, so so own the companies that are uh, part of the digital revolution, but not ju- you, you can't just own any company because they're a tech company, right? You got to really understand, like you have to own the winners. You have to own, and you know, these are companies that I own, the Pelotons, the Squares, the Googles, the Facebook, the dominant players, right, that are winning in their lane. Um, and also it's, it's a, it, the, 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 the crypt, the crypto companies, Bitcoin miners exchanges, because they, they are the finance for the new economy, the coin bases, the Robin hoods, right? These are, um, uh, and then if you got companies that are part of the future that also own the future currency on their balance sheet, like a Tesla, like a square, like a micro strategies, like the Bitcoin miners. I mean, that's a double bonus. And the other trade, and this is where the biggest opportunity comes because owning, owning the stocks of the digital economy are good. In my opinion, one of the best risk reward trades is short, what I call shorting the bond market. So if we understand that the bond market is going to lose a lot of value over the, you know, over the next few decades, similar to the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, there's always somebody on the other side of a trade. So if, if one party is losing money, Another party is making the money off the people losing the money, and so if you and so if you want to make uh, money relative to people to to the hundreds of trillions of dollars in the bond market around the world uh, that we know we're gonna that everybody around the world is looking and who anybody knows finance knows oh okay we're gonna lose money over the next you know multi decades right the the best way to trade it is not to actually like short the bond market because that's hard because you have the central banks fighting you by buying bonds and that's a that's a tough way to uh, do it and so the you know this is the nuance of trading right there's it's, it's like a painting a masterpiece right so if you know you know you want to short the bond market there's lots of ways you can do it and you have to be creative each artist is different in how they express that trade the way i think the best way to express the express the trade is it's to bet on the new reserve money of the internet, and that's Bitcoin. You know, it's the new central bank digital money, uh, as as we talked on previous episodes uh, for the economy. It's the it's the safer asset. You you want to bifurcate Bitcoin from crypto. Crypto is like the equivalent of stocks and risk assets in the digital world, but Bitcoin is the solid safe asset. Uh, of the digital world, and the crazy part is it's growing at like 200% a year. So just like the dollar was growing a lot relative to other currencies in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, you know, Bitcoin is growing relative to other traditionally safe haven assets in the digital world at a super aggressive rate because the whole economy is being built out from scratch uh, right now, and you have a lot of money that has to come into into this world, and so. The big, the big macro, macro trade, the way to short the bond market is to own the Bitcoin and own as much as you can responsibly 
you know, own. And this is not investment advice, right? So it's according to your level of conviction. But I will say there's two ways to invest. There's ways to invest where you're trying to protect capital, and that's diversification. And there's ways to invest where you're trying to make a lot of money. And all the money makers, Stanley Druckenmiller's famous line is, I like to just have one thing in my basket and watch it really, really hard. You know, watch the basket hard. And so if you want to make money, you get the macro right. No guessing. No guessing. This is why I didn't say, this is what this is why I said. I didn't say own Dogecoin. I didn't say own SHIB. I didn't say own ETH because ETH is still speculative um, for its ETH 2.0 rollout, which has been happening for the last five years. I said, own something that is like the risk reward is crazy. Like the risk of Bitcoin going down to zero, right? I, I think the U.S. dollar goes down to zero before Bitcoin goes to zero, right? And I'm not the only one that, um, that does it, right? And, and it's important to understand that there's no, I don't think there's anybody who's done their 50 hours of work on Bitcoin that is not pro-Bitcoin. You get the Jamie Diamonds and the Warren Buffetts who, I mean, you know they haven't done an hour of work on Bitcoin because they're like, super busy and they have an opinion i'm like well that's ignorant you know like at least do the work i'm not saying you have to i'm saying put the time and understand it and once they do everybody who's ray dalio like everybody who's done it bought bitcoin and so do the work and that's why i'm going i'm saying um, this is a great risk reward bet where you know if just me personally we've gone significantly in you know on it um because i'm trying to make money i'm 37 years old and we are in the money-making phase. So that's how you short the bond market, right? It's a great long-term, quote-unquote, trade, i.e. an investment, because I'm not trading in out of it. Um, if you if you want to be fancy, you could, you know, anyway, I'm not going to go in. That's a whole other episode. I'll, I'll end it there. Y'all enjoy your weekend. Until Monday, see you then. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.